Hey, this is Nick here, senior writer over at Sports Pack 12. And this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So send in your written questions wherever the frick you are in the conference, baby. Send them in. Send them in. And I'll respond via podcast form. And fellow senior writer Dane Miller will respond via written column. So seriously, send them in. I have a lot of fun doing this research, giving back the knowledge, the love, learning your concerns, all that, baby. We got the love, the knowledge. I'm going to give back to the people. Got to do it for yourself first. That's my ethics lessons, but then I'm here for you, the people. So from down south to Arizona, to east out to Utah, to east, to the west out to the Palouse of Washington State, we got the Cali schools, we got the Oregon schools, we got Buffs Nation. If I forgot you, I'm sorry. In all seriousness, in its in our entirety, we make up the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12, and we're better for it. So without further ado, send in your questions. Let's come together and la 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 la. Let's get to it. Happy Friday, y'all. You made it. The weekend is here. And depending on where you're at in the country, that can mean a wild raging party or you could still be locked up in your house. But wherever you're at or whatever you're doing, I do hope you have some fun this weekend and just find some sort of happiness. And I really do mean that. So the question today is from Willie in Reno, Nevada, and it reads, historically, why has USC so often been good at football and mediocre at basketball? So again, that question rereads, why has USC so often been good at football and mediocre basketball from a historical standpoint. So before I dive into the question, and I do have three or four reasons that I feel will give you a pretty clear answer here, Willie, but I do want to talk about something. And like the country is just really in interesting times right now. Well, the whole world's in interesting times to be quite frank, but you're looking at our country in particular. You obviously have the coronavirus, you have widespread fear, you have shootings and you have political divides. And I don't like to dive into political issues and all those other sorts of things, so I'm not going to. But what I can say is that most people are good. They're doing the best they can to spread love for them and their family. And that's what I really want to re-harp on is we need to come from a loving standpoint more than ever right now. Hate is going to do nothing. I mean, hate's just going to probably generate more hate. Whereas love, you know, you can actually maybe make a change. You know, maybe make a positive change to someone, to anyone really. But just again, being on Twitter and yelling at someone with an opposing viewpoint, not going to solve anything or probably won't. Maybe it will. You just never know. So seriously, if instead of getting an argument with someone random on Twitter or someone at the mall or wherever you're at, people can even go to malls right now, listen to maybe their viewpoint, you know, listen to what they have to say. You may learn something. You may make a new friend. And again, it all starts from the standpoint of love, the hate, the fear, probably not a conducive way to live your life. So I just want to say right now more than ever, spread some love. In terms of the actual question, and again, I guess I'll, I'll read it a third time here. We'll, we won't, we'll uh, shorten it up. Essentially, historically, USC's been good at football and bad at basketball. Why? So, really simple. And in LA terminology, it's essentially the Lakers versus Clippers argument in terms of basketball. Even if USC won the next three national championships, I mean, it's always going to be a Bruin basketball town. John Wooden and his leg- and his, uh Absolutely amazing, legendary run. They have 11 national titles in their program as a whole. So I said that kind of weird there. So, I mean, you have John Wooden, his amazing run. And the program in its entirety is 11 na- national titles. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling right here. And they have 11 national titles, their name. And 31 Pac-12 regular season championships. So, I mean, just very, I mean, how do you compete with that? Pretty much impossible. But one point I really do want to make clear here is that in basketball, whether you like it or not, One player can change your team overnight. Like a LeBron, that changes everything. The only other sport where you can really say that is maybe a soccer if you get a Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. But in football, you need a team. In baseball, who really knows? But in basketball, again, 
one guy can change your program overnight. But what does this have to do with the actual question? So, I mean, you look at that, and in basketball recruiting, USC is literally stuck in between UCLA and Tucson. And, I mean, those are probably the two best, historically and in recent times, programs in the Pac-12. How are you going to out-recruit them? You're not. Again, as I just mentioned, UCLA has 11 national championships under their belt. And Arizona has, they're not 11, but actually they only have one, which is kind of weird. But it feels like from a historical standpoint, and under Lou Olson, Arizona, they're always elite, and their recruiting kind of indicates that as well. So you look at the recruiting just over the last four years here for USC. In 2017, eighth in the Pac-12. 2018, fourth in the Pac-12. 2019, third in the Pac-12. And in 2020, sixth in the Pac-12. So in all these seasons, they never cracked that one or two spot, which means you're probably not just getting that LeBron-type recruit. And obviously LeBron's, you know, maybe maybe a little bit of an exception here. I mean, he's just otherworldly, essentially. But you get what I'm saying here? They're never in that first or second class. In comparison, if you look at UCLA during 2016 and 2018, how come whenever I say UCLA, I go UCLA? Is it like that cheer is like stuck in my head or something? I don't know if that's a stutter or what that is. <laughs> maybe I just heard that cheer one too many times in my life. But seriously, from 2016 to 2018, the Bruins have the second best class in the Pac-12. And I mean, those years, they had a couple good years in there, but really up and down as of late and inconsistently. And you're still getting the second best team in the Pac-12, the second best recruiting class, pardon me. For UA in 2020, they have the number one class in conference. 2019, number two class in conference. 2017 and 2016, the number one classes in conference. So I mean, again, that's just, (laughs) you're not going to out-recruit that. You're stuck right in between those two schools. That's just so tough for USC. So, I mean, there's also good teams up north. You're recruiting against UW and Oregon on a lesser standpoint, but they're also competing for similar players. So, you know, USC just, yeah, just just not the spot you want to be between those two schools in UCLA and Arizona. So before I say (laughs) UCLA, Arizona again, um, and location, 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 another big thing here is that USC doesn't really have an icon ever coming out of their program. And if you look at it even in recent times, UCLA, Lonzo Ball, and so much hype, and LeVar Ball, but all that attention, again, going to the Bruins, not to USC. Look at Arizona last year. Nico Mannion got a lot of love. DeAndre Ayton a couple years ago, or the year before. And then you look at Onyeke Kongu last year for USC. He was an absolute beast. That dude was really freaking good. Maybe better than Nico Mannion. In my opinion, he'll probably be better in the NBA. But it didn't feel like he received any of that national attention, national love. I know I saw Nico Mannion on SportsCenter Morning and Yeke Kongu, And that's just the way it is for USC. So you do look at their program. They have had some players. But again, not that superstar iconic name. That transcending name that will really catapult the program to new levels. I mean, how do you say things so smoothly sometimes? That just came out so perfectly. And then we're out here saying, UCLA. Like, you just got to wonder. Life's interesting. Great, great journey. But again, you're looking at the programs who've come out of USC or the players, excuse <laughs> exactly. Now we can't talk again. But um, so seriously, look at that, the players who have come out of USC's program. You have DeMar DeRozan, Brian Scalabrini, Nikola Vucevic, OJ Mayo, Taj Gibson, and Nick Young. So you do have some very solid players. You want to go a little bit further back. You got Harold Minor, Harold Minor and Sam Clancy Jr. But the only name there to me that's even close to what you can consider a star is DeMar DeRozan. And he's not really a superstar. He's just not. He's a very, very good player. Like, very good. Don't get me wrong. But not in that superstar bubble. And not really even close. You know what I'm saying? Definitely not an icon and no superstar. So no star power. You look at UCLA's all-time basketball players. Matt Barnes is the 50th ranked player in their Bleacher Report. 
he's just about as good as like DeMar DeRozan. Okay, maybe not. But seriously, Matt Barnes is just as good as any other player on that USC list. And DeMar DeRozan isn't that much better than him. Matt Barnes is a heck of a dual threat player. Dual threat's probably not the term we're looking for in basketball, but good on both sides of the court. So that just, I mean, that kind of just speaks to the depth of UCLA's all-time basketball program. And needless to say, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, Gail Goodrich, Walt Hazard, Reggie Miller, Kevin Love, Baron Davis, Jason Capono, and probably the most recent star in Russell Westbrook. So UCLA is all that star power. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Russell Westbrook, Bill Walton. Just, wow. Not even mentioning Reggie Miller. Like, so, so wild. But again, so lack of star power, location, and then to top it all off, just a lack of winning tradition. And so UCLA's reputation along with USC really being, like you said, I think mediocre is a solid word, really just seals the Trojans' fate. I do wonder if they have like that little brother mindset. Like you think of the city of Cleveland, I don't know if they're actually bad at sports and if that's actually a bad town or if it's just so ingrained in the mindset that it causes kind of not a productive mentality, you know? And so you're looking at USC, that little brother mindset. It's like they may be focused on what the Bruins are doing. Even in years where they're better than them, the Bruins are going to get more attention more likely. So that's just going to be the way it is. And like when you're in the same town and especially in a town with all the spotlights like L.A., that's just really, you know, you might see these guys in the club, see them at parties, social events. They're just always in the back of your mind. It's not something you can escape. You're not interstate or like even cross-state, you know, like a UW or WSU. You're right in that same town. So you hear about it, you see it. Big Brother's there and their 11 natties hanging over your nothingness. So those are kind of my three reasons for basketball. And you look at football, exact same answer. But opposite, like literally the exact same answer, but seriously opposite. <laughs> 11 national titles for UCLA basketball, 11 national titles for USC football, 39 conference championships for USC football. So you're looking at their great recruiting spot in LA now really turns in their advantage. Like, I mean, in terms of basketball, where you need that one kind of dominant player for USC football, dude, I have no idea what I even just said there. So for basketball, <laughs> like, um, you need that one dominant player. But in football, you need a team. You know what I'm saying? And like USC is able to recruit very solid players' consistency across the board. I mean, you look at 2018 and 2017. They had those top classes in the Pac-12 and fourth in the country. 2019, third-ranked class in the Pac-12. Granted, they had a weird year last, or in 2020, but 2018, 2017, top class in the Pac-12. Notice how you never saw USC reach first or second in basketball. But in football, they right there, number one. I mean... Look at how good this program really is. I mean, you got people trying to fire Clay Helton. He's only been there four or five years. He's a Pac-12 championships. He's a Pac-12 championship, a Rose Bowl. And like last year, they're eight and five with a backup quarterback. And still people want him fired because he's having a bad recruiting year. Well, I mean, this just speaks to the depth of their program. And then again, you want to look at the icons. You got Keyshawn Johnson being number 50 on USC's all-time bleacher report. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson is your 50th best college player of all time. You got Marcus Allen, OJ Simpson, Reggie Bush, Lynn Swan, Troy Polamalu, Clay Matthews, even Carson Palmer, man. And while UCLA does have some icons in their football program, the lack of success in comparison to their crosstown rival is just, it really, you know, it, <laughs> they ain't getting on that USC level. So again, those are going to be my three reasons. Mainly for the basketball aspect, USC cannot recruit with UCLA in town and then Arizona right down south there. No iconic superstars, DeMar DeRozan the closest thing, and then maybe that little brother in lack of winning tradition mentality. 
that's just really going to hurt USC. And for football, again, the exact opposite. Same thing. So, great question. This is actually really interesting. A lot of fun to research, really. I appreciate it. And seriously, everyone, spread the love. Have a good weekend. And I am out. I will be talking to y'all next Monday. Adios.